Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. That's a curious thing to me. How did Bernie Sanders make a million dollars last year? By writing a book about how it's wrong to make a million dollars. Genius. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. All right, Liberty Kitty Cats, welcome on back to not only another edition of your favorite Liberty podcast, Lions of Liberty, the 304th edition to be exact, which of course means you can find today's show notes featuring links to all sorts of things we discuss over at lionsofliberty.com slash 304. But it's also another edition of America's fastest growing libertarian drinking talk show. That's right. It's time for another edition of... Libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor. Let me be your whiskey shot. Quickly ease your pain. Now, before you grab your own adult beverage and kick up your feet and get ready to have a little Liberty chat with us, I want you to go ahead and check out today's sponsors, Martin Armory. Now, Martin Armory was started by this guy, Chris Martin, a libertarian. That's right, a fellow libertarian whose businesses you can support, who really wanted to do something he was passionate about. He was successful in the business world, but he wasn't doing something that he really had a passion behind. And of course, he was passionate about gun ownership, so he decided to start MartinArmory.com, where he focuses on the most 25 popular guns on the market at any given time to ensure you that he can get you the best prices possible. And right now, for Lions of Liberty listeners, you can get free shipping. So not only are you getting amazing prices off the bat, they're going to ship them to you for free when you use the discount code LIONS. That's martinarmory.com. Use that discount code LIONS for free shipping. And now that the business is out of the way... Let's bring in today's guests in the Liberty Living Room. All right, first up, he is the host of Electric Liberty Land here every single Wednesday on the Lions of Liberty podcast. He is Mr. Brian McWilliams. Brian, are you ready to roar? Always ready to roar for Liberty. You know who else told me that once? You don't know, do you? you I don't know. know. Rip Torn? That's what I thought I sounded like when I said that. <laughs> Ron Paul. That's the exact answer he gave oh, me yeah, yeah. when he was on the show. Oh, yeah, good old Ron. He said he's always ready to roar for liberty. So that was great <laughs> to hear. Uh, Brian, what are you drinking over there? And by over there, I mean literally down the street. You live about a block away. Yeah, I'm drinking some delicious Costco premium small batch bourbon because I live the high life over Costco here. Costco <laughs> brand. I, I didn't know they were in their, their own, doing their own yeah, brewing man. now. Well, Kirkland, it's technically Kirkland's signature brand, but you know what? It's seven-year-old, so they say, bourbon from uh, from Tennessee and uh, not Rand Paul country, unfortunately, in Kentucky, but uh, it's actually pretty good. I got to say, it's not bad at all, and uh, and it's like 30 bucks for a uh, big old liter of well, seven-year-old maybe, maybe Kirkland bourbon. booze will sponsor us by the end of the show. Uh, next up, he is, the man, he is the man responsible for sending me down the path of liberty many, 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 many years ago by handing me a book uh, by Harry Brown. He resides in Leesburg, Virginia. We do not know or if he is actually works for the CIA or not, but we do suspect he does. He is Howie Snowden. Howie, are you ready to roar? Hell yeah, Mark. Let's do it. How did I know you would be? And what are you drinking over there <laughs> in Virginia? You know, all week I was like, oh, we got 
libertarians living room drinking liquor coming up. I should go out and get some Blanton's bourbon or something. But I didn't. I've been too busy. So I've always got some yingling in the fridge. So that's I, what I was getting very nervous. I was like, he's just going to say no. he's drinking coffee and I'm going to just this whole thing's going to no. be over. I've been drinking fermented urine from under the radiator that I yeah. prepared. Yeah. As, as a good Pennsylvanian, I've always got some yingling, but didn't get to make it out to the liquor store. So jealous. Can't get it here. And uh, ridiculous liquor laws. Lastly, but definitely not leastly, we have a very special guest this week. He is the host of an awesome libertarian podcast called Part of the Problem. If you haven't heard that yet, I'm I'm surprised that you've heard of this show that you're listening to right now then. And he has a brand new stand-up special coming out soon entitled, very appropriately, Libertas. I am pleased to welcome back Dave Smith. Dave, are you ready to roar? Oh, yeah, baby. Ready to roar for liberty and yes. for drinking. You're combining everything I yes. love. Yes. It's all uh, one. When I emailed Dave uh, about this, I told him, look, it's libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor. It's no big deal. All we do is drink and talk liberty. And you said, okay, that's, that's my two favorite things to do. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, Dave, here's better? the thing is you'll know when Dave makes it big as a stand-up comic because he'll quit drinking. So, you no, know, another on. hurdle yet, but still. Is that what <laughs> they do? Is that the path? Is that how it all works? Stand-ups, they Listen, start that's off, they're what drunk. These phony left-wing comics do, okay? <laughs> it's all being sober and bashing Trump. Not me. I'm going to stay drunk and bashing the deep state. The Rob Delaney method of comedy is, uh, is to quit <laughs> drinking and then become a complete progressive fuck. Yeah. Or, and, uh, I don't know. I, I I should say something about I, I like maybe I should just like become a transgendered and be offended a lot. I don't know. There's I got some options. Well, it's <laughs> it's a long show, so we we got plenty of avenues to explore as we go. So if drinking keeps you away from the left, then uh, Mel Gibson's definitely a no danger. Of <laughs> that. yeah. Maybe that's Talk what about- it is. Is booze like a a, a leftist kind of a anti venom? Maybe. Well, just I in case, I'm going to keep drinking every day. Here's what's <laughs> weird to me. Okay, you know what's a. Uh, and I've found this in in my world a little Dave, bit. I, Dave, I, by I the found... way, what are you drinking over there? I don't I don't believe I asked you. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. I never even got. I'm, I'm... drinking a, a bullet rye. Oh my god, Dave! Oh, this, this, is, this is a crazy coincidence because I am all, I'm actually drinking bullet bourbon. So we're very oh, we're right. very close in our our drink choice. And I also have because I need a chaser. I'm drinking some Angry Orchards and uh, I got some waters here. I got a lot of liquids. But anyway, go on. Oh no, I was just saying. I think a lot of libertarians can drink. Yeah, no, I definitely. mean, in my experience from hanging out with libertarians, like they can certainly like the mainstream libertarians, they all drink like all the ones at Fox News. Those guys all drink. Bill and, Weld, uh, Bill Weld drinks. We know that. I don't I've never hung. With Have Bill you seen Weld, that? Red Gary face? Johnson. Gary Johnson probably just does more edibles, but yeah. he definitely. Well, uh, Rand Paul was on fun. the Daily Show drinking bourbon, right? Not that I don't yeah. know if we want to classify him as a and libertarian or apple juice. We're not libertarian sure. light. I think if you're Do from you... Kentucky, it's you're obligated. That was actually a really crazy moment when Rand Paul was on the Daily Show. If you remember, Rand Paul actually said he said libertarians have this thing called the non-aggression principle, and it was an amazing moment for libertarians to be like, "Oh my God." Rand Paul is aware of the non-aggression principle. <laughs> He's heard of this. Huh. It's crazy. <laughs> he should have like, just said it and then walked off the set and left everybody to Google I like it. how he says it like, <laughs> those guys, those guys over there, those those libertarians, <laughs> they have this weird, quirky thing called the non-aggression principle, and some of them actually believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> the really crazy ones. Uh, so as you may or may not know, Dave, we don't really – plan on what we're going to talk about on the show we just drink and see where it goes so uh, is there anything on your mind in the liberty scene that we can kind of uh pinpoint to start off our, our little diatribe here and i don't know it's you know i don't even know what the liberty scene is anymore it seems like the whole the the whole it's a bar scene in Soho, is just kind I of like yeah, well is there's like trump 
And then there's the we're just kind of living in the Trump moment, which is the entire left wing like falling apart at the seams. And uh, and then there's there's kind of like I, I can't even have fun hate watching CNN anymore because it's just like too boring for me now. Like the Russia thing to me is just boring. And I, I don't even know. I To me, I think the big story of the moment in Liberty right now is that Trump got in and everything's exactly the same. <laughs> like, according to the left, we just elected Hitler. Uh, uh, you know, uh, according to the right, we avoided Hillary. And really, I think what we all see is that things are like exactly the fucking same. Yeah. You know what? I saw this hashtag was trending on Twitter, which is hashtag bring back Obama. And I was like, why? For what? What's, <laughs> what's going to be different? I mean, literally, we're going to keep bombing other places. We're going to keep the, the same health care plans in place. What's different? I guess, I guess 1.6 trillion for the wall. I heard that that was allotted. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, nothing's different from Barack Obama. Uh, right. Except right, he didn't I mean. get a Nobel Peace Prize yet. Of course, Obama, who who deported millions of people and spent more money on on ice than ever before, and all you know, I mean, it's not really like any different of a of a trajectory. And then, uh, right, like you said, I mean, w- what I can discern the major difference of Trump being in there is that an Iraqi got held at an airport for like an hour and a half, and then this uh, the court said we can't do that anymore. That's basically <laughs> been the big thing that's different about Trump, and everything so all, else is, is continuing so all the this- same. All the same stuff Trump's been doing, bombing Syria, continuing the war on terror, everything. Like, no one's upset about that. They're just hysterical over well, that, nonsense. That's my issue with the left. Because in an ideal world, do you, do you guys remember when Trump was elected and there were all these memes going around that were like, well, at least we know the anti-war left is coming back. They didn't. They didn't come back. Instead, they put all that, that old anti-war energy into wearing pink pussy hats and, you know, resisting something that we don't even know generically about Trump and focusing on nonsense like Russia. And then they all, they forgot there was ever an anti-war position. I was, I was talking to a, a friend of a friend, I guess, at the bar uh, the other night who's, uh, kind of a, a resist person out in LA. Brian knows who I'm talking about. And, um. <laughs> I do. He really pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Brian mentioned this on his show. And, and whatever. He's a nice guy. We were having a, fairly cordial conversation but you know he was basically just saying i I basically asked him i was like here's the problem if you want to oppose trump please do but can you at least like oppose the really bad shit like the bombing of civilians and like all the people that are dying overseas you guys are just ranting around with pussy hats on and like i'm supposed to take this opposition seriously and he tells me he's like you know that that's a good point you make that's that's a, a, a big conversation we've been having in the movement is whether we should come out on the foreign policy thing i'm like how is conversation you're having like like, should we should we speak out against babies being bombed i'm not sure maybe we (laughs) should it would be a great visual remember that remember that 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 poster of like and the and the picture of the chick putting the daisy in the rifle how about just pussy hats being thrown on over rifles you get a brand new poster of it (laughs) that would make you put that rifle off so fast and pull that trigger (laughs) my god it's become pretty obvious to me, man. And I mean, it's it's almost like I, I still I'm a guy who grew up kind of on the left and in a left wing environment, if you will. Not really politically, but just like like culturally. And I, I still hear how crazy it is when I say this. I, I, st- I, I hear like how as a left wing person, you would just dismiss this. But the truth is, I just kind of came to the conclusion that like the, these people on the left, they really just kind of hate white people and hate America. It's not about being anti-war in the way we are, where you're like, oh, there's some innocent person who's getting fucked up because of this, and that's wrong. Like, that's wrong. It's not like that. They just kind of hate everything that symbolizes capitalism and white men and oppression. And so once Obama's in there, when he's like the smooth-talking black guy, you just can't convince him to be against anything he does. It doesn't matter because he's culturally with them. When it's George W. Bush and it's a white Republican Texas guy, then it's easy. 
But again, when it's if, if you have anything where like the reason why people on the left and, and I'm a big blowback proponent, I'm not like like someone who goes off about how terrible Muslim culture is. But the reason why they can't ever criticize anyone uh, who's Muslim, it's like they don't you, you eventually go, oh, you don't actually care about women's rights. That's not actually what you care about. And they didn't care about being anti-war. They don't. They, they really are. They're if, if any of us are turned off by the bigotry of the alt right, they're the real bigots. It's the left. They just hate white people. And at least. At least Trump supporters actually like criticize him when he does something wrong. Like when he bombed Syria, like there was some outcry. And, yeah, like, I mean, even Ann Coulter is tweeting, yeah. tweeting anti-war quotes. It's like, what fucking universe do we live in now where I'm turning <laughs> to Ann Coulter for like my anti-war commentary? It's it's bizarre. Well, well that's right. And and it's and, and Richard Spencer and a lot of these yeah. other guys who like whatever, we may have a lot of disagreements with them, but that's a lot better than the the, the Obama supporters did. When he turned around and, and, and went the other direction on war, they, there was a lot more resistance from them. And uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, it's hard to not at least acknowledge at some point that there's just there's more intellectual honesty on that side. Well, it's also, you know, what always gets under my skin is like I, I talked to so many progressives about the social programs and how, you know, again, trying to help these minorities. And yet, you know, you have all this money going into welfare state. You have all this money going into every social program under the sun to the point where like 53 percent of America is already on some sort of social program. And yet the poverty level stays the exact same. Nothing's gotten better for the people that they're trying to help. Minorities have gotten worse. You know, like black America has gotten worse off since the 60s and 70s. And yet when you talk to them, they're like, no, no, no. We got to keep pushing. it. We got to give you know, we got to care about these people. And, and when you come from a libertarian perspective, you're like, well, can't we try something different? Because we actually have 25 to 50 years of history, depending on the program of data, where none of this shit is working. So why would you keep doubling down on the same shit? It's because and they, they haven't given enough money out. Come on. It's just mad. I mean, it's just it drives me insane where you go any other. If this is an empirical science, you would say, OK, well, clearly this experiment has completely and utterly failed. We should try something different instead of just it's like if somebody's got cancer and you're like, well, you know what? Uh, we just, you know, it, this chemo didn't kill the cancer. So let's just shoot the guy in the head. And maybe that, you know, it's like, it's just, it's doubling down on something that's not working. That, that analogy yeah. makes no sense, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if, we, if we could at least let different states try different things, see if we get some better results from different policies, that would, that'd be a step in the right direction. It, it's so easy to slam the left, especially now. And I do it all the time because they're ridiculous. And Trump has turned them. The one amazing thing about Trump, I think, is how easily he can drive the left completely insane by doing even even not by doing that some of the bombastic or outlandish things he does like i don't know if you guys just saw this week he there's a video of him meeting uh macron the new president of france and his wife and he all he says to her he says wow she's in your wife here is in really great shape she looks beautiful she looks great and the left is furious about this they're furious that he complimented a woman on her appearance and we were talking about this earlier first of all that the whole macron's wife thing is is fucking insane i I didn't know that she was his high school teacher and apparently they were banging in high school which is legal in france i'm not legal i don't know i'm not sure dude i talked about this so much during the uh, french election i can't believe you didn't listen to anything i I, 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 I know (laughs) well it's 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 a you know it's like there's no distinguishing like to, to people on the left it's like there's no difference between ron paul and david duke (laughs) <laughs> like they think you're the same. They think they're yeah. exactly the same. You're basically just like, you know, it's it, it, you're all working for the same kind of thing. It's 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 almost like once someone's that way, I mean, how do you even like talk to that person? What do you like? What do you say? You know what? This actually I'm glad you brought this up because this is something I brought up in like this email chain that we have our, our little lions internal email chain because I was thinking of whether or not Inside the term look. libertarian is something where 
and the Libertarian Party is is so polluted and so fucked over just by various slings and arrows over the years and people like Gary Johnson going up and, and fucking up so badly in his presidential run where you right. say, you know what, should we just pivot and create a new party? Like, I mean, I, I think it's in Denmark. The Libertarian Party there was called something else and they, they changed their name. It's called the Communist Party. Like, it did great. The, <laughs> and then they're like, ah, oh, fooled you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, look, I mean, at some point you go, the brand is fucked. Like we got to just get away from it because the term libertarian, if you're not talking to people who are died in the wall or have really done the research, it's an immediate negative connotation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely something, something to that. Uh, I, I think the word has been very just damaged in a lot of different ways. I mean, when you talk about the, the libertarian party, which really, I mean, you know, this year, cause they were the third party, they got a lot of attention. I mean, people know who Gary Johnson is. And and they associate the name libertarian with Gary Johnson. And as I uh, as I said on my uh, first appearance on Lions of Liberty, I said uh, I said this whole libertarian movement it's going to be very bad for us if Gary Johnson wins the nominee. This guy referencing his fan. past shows. I like it. Tying <laughs> yeah. things back. I was in. not a big fan of uh, anybody else running, but I was. Oh, I thought you were going to say not a big Gary fan Johnson. of the podcast. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a big fan. I wasn't even happy to be on it. I actually you know what? hated I it being here, it. but you guys bribed me with booze that I bought well, myself, so I came back on. Look, at, think about it like this, right? I mean, in uh, in in 1988, the Libertarian Party had a uh, a platform that was in large part written by Murray Rothbard. The candidate for president was Ron Paul. And his chief of staff was Lou Rockwell. Yeah. I mean, can, can you imagine <laughs> if we had like a hardcore libertarian party like that? I mean, that I, I would really get behind. But so, yeah, like, I don't even know. I, I don't know. I go back and forth with that thought before. I don't know if the word libertarian is good. Really, our word is liberal. But that word's been been right, completely yeah. poisoned. <laughs> so it's like we just have to keep moving to the next word that they take away from us. How about the contrarian party? Since, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like everything we advocate for, everybody's against on both sides somehow. Dude, I've been yeah. so disgusted with the Libertarian Party recently. The most recent thing was – so because everything they've been doing – Disgusted. I don't care That's what, a strong what party, word for you, Howie. I don't care what party you're in as long as you're for liberty. So I was glad to see that Austin Peterson is going to run for governor as a Republican. Governor, uh, then, Senator Howie. I want to get your facts straight. <laughs> or, or, Senator. You might be mixing then, it up with Larry Sharp. Then what's we, her name? Alicia Dern who screwed us over at the convention and caused us to end up with Bill Weld decides to challenge him. Like are you kidding me? Let's If we have like one liberty guy that you know has a shot, let's well, not – Take more votes from him. I think it was literally the next day that Alicia – and look, I don't fault the LP for running a person. Like, of course, they should run somebody if, if someone else is running in another party. They're, they shouldn't just shut down their operations. But it, the timing seemed odd, especially if you've heard some of the things people have said about – and look, she's not here to defend herself. I'm not going to you know say too much about it because I don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. But it's been suggested that she's more than uh, – you know, more than on the level, less than on the level. You know what, I but I, in, that, in regards to that, though, look, if you got Austin Peterson running uh, as a Republican, right? You, why, if you're the Libertarian Party, why should you put a candidate forward? Because you say, okay, he was Libertarian. He was he was whatever third or second in the voting, and you know, people do change their uh, their stripes or change their label once they're in office. Shit, maybe he runs as a Republican. If he actually wins, he can then be like, you know what, I'm not a Republican anymore. Uh, I'm libertarian. Oh, he wouldn't know. do that. Let's, let's be honest. It's like it's like Rand Paul would not win the Senate and then be like, I'm in a libertarian party now. You know why? Because then he loses all his clout and all his his if you're, power. Yeah, if you're, look, if your character is still good, if you're doing what your constituents want you to be doing, they should be elected you no matter what your label is, as long as you're in there. But oh, yeah. for the Libertarian Party to run somebody against him to try to divide the vote just makes no sense, no strategic sense, which, by the way, is the calling card of the Libertarian Party. Well, but in fairness, though, like, like 
they don't even know he's going to win the primary. So it totally makes sense for them to put somebody up. I would like maybe if he won the primary, then maybe maybe they could consider endorsing the Republican candidate if they so chose to do so. But si- since they don't know he's going to make it to the primary, it, I mean, I, I can't fault them for like putting human beings out there in the meantime. Nah, I mean, as opposed to robots or dogs. I don't know where I'm going with this, guys. Someone, <laughs> someone bail me out. I'm going go back to whiskey him. now. All I know is when Ron Paul dies, I want to put his brain in the body of a robot dog, and I want it to run for president. Yeah, Robo, Robo Dog Paul. We're doing that. Whoa. Ron Paul's not going to die. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> let's not, dude. Let's not talk crazy. You know now. what? It, he may never die. If, if being in the Senate, going against what he's the only person actually speaking up for any sort of legitimate liberty or legitimate values hasn't killed him by now, he may be an immortal. He's, uh, I'll say, I met Ron Paul uh, this year. Um, I met like uh, just a few months ago, back in April, and uh, I was in I was in Texas, and I got to do the the his Ron Paul Liberty Report with him, and he really is just like the greatest human being alive. I know people like I I, I know people like tease me for worshiping him too much, but he's like when people say don't meet your heroes, people just have shitty heroes. <laughs> Ron Paul is the greatest guy ever. He, he's just incredible. He's just from like an older, better generation, and we're never gonna find another one of him. Like Ron Ron Paul is like. He's like a man, but he's a dove. Like he's a guy who, like, you feel like he wouldn't be afraid to get in a fist fight, but he would never want to get in a fist fight. He would he's never start like, it, but goddamn it, he would finish. He's it. like everybody's karate sensei says they're only right. <laughs> <laughs> karate for defense. You know, like we're not going to find <laughs> another Ron Paul. That's kind of the sad thing. It's just like the sad truth is that we're not going to just like produce another Ron Paul. We're not just going to produce another Murray Rothbard. People like that don't just come along. That that, that that's why they're so exceptional. And the truth is, I mean, Scott Horton really broke this down for me, and I don't think I understood it before. But, you know, one of the only reasons why Ron Paul was able to to get elected all these years while he had this this radically libertarian, uh, um, you know, uh, beliefs is because he had delivered half the babies in his district. Like he was family to everybody in his district. He was just this different type of guy. So when they'd come around and try to convince you, like, oh, he's for legalizing drugs, he must love heroin. They'd be like, "What? He delivered my granddaughter." Like, no, yeah. I don't. He delivered I don't me. Believe this. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, like, that's it's not excellent point. <laughs> that's so, true. Like, I, I think I think it's more than that, though, too, because that's he brought me into liberty too. When I was seventeen, I was a congressional page and just being on the House floor every day, hearing him. He speak, didn't. He didn't like pull you out of your mother's womb. Hearing no, he didn't pull me out of my mother's womb, but he <laughs> and you're pulled like, me out of Ron. my uh, my political apathy and just hearing yeah, he him speak on the House floor every day. Center. It was just when he spoke, it was so much different than all the bullshit everybody else was slinging. And he was a cool guy. He talked to me. He gave me like some books he wrote, and I was sold since then. Well, Dave, I don't know if you you've can, heard, he, heard this yeah, story before, but like when when Howie Howie actually you know he handed me this book by Harry Brown. This is back when we're in college. I'm not going to name the year, but it was a long fucking time ago. And he, <laughs> he also said to me, "You got to check this guy Ron Paul out." I used to talk to him because Howie used to be a congressional page back in the '90s. Uh, he didn't hang out with Dennis Hasser too much, I don't think. Right, Howie? No. Actually, when I was just home this weekend, I was yelling at him. I'm like, can you goddamn please take this picture of me and Dennis Haster down off the wall? <laughs> <laughs> Is that your house? There's a picture of you with Dennis Haster. No, it was – I was at this like, campaign event. I know how it looks. This, uh, he didn't touch me anywhere. This Republican from my district near Scranton who got kicked out of uh, Congress for – he was cheating on his wife and tried to strangle his – the chick he was cheating with. He, he said he was giving her a, a neck massage. <laughs> But we were at a fundraiser for him, <laughs> and Dennis Haster was there, this is a great like story. helping to raise money. And 
got a picture taken and my mom doesn't want to take it off the wall because there'd be a blank, a blank spot where the paper She's like, this is my proudest moment of you, Howard. I will not remove it from the wall, uh, no matter who he touched. Uh, where By the I way, get... side story, real quick. Just this is uh, a side story within Scranton a side has... story. I want to point Sam's out. Yeah, that's true. But I do want to point this out just because I'm still angry about it. Scranton has the shittiest goddamn pizza I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> when I was over there for St. Patty's Day, we had pizza and it was American cheese on spaghetti sauce. And Ooh, it made me feel <laughs> The, the most disgusting thing I've ever eaten in my Does life. Does not sound That's good. Good pizza comes from Old Forts, halfway between like Scranton and Wilkes-Barre. Oh, That's good pizza super hot comes from New York like City. some inbred Irish That's blood it. there. My God, they're all very good looking. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> when Howie was a congressional page, he used to hang out with this guy, Ron Paul. And, in, and back then, in the late 90s, we'll call it, uh, he told me about this guy, Ron Paul. So I looked him up and like started following his email list. Cause that, and, and then I just started getting weekly emails from Ron Paul's like Liberty Report. And I, I, it just started me thinking like, wow, this guy really, he's a Republican, but he is criticizing Republicans all the time and criticizing their spending. And like, this is even before George Bush, like it's before it was even, cool to to criticize republicans within the republican party so um i don't know where i was going with all this but nice job howie <laughs> introducing me to, to ron paul hey nice job ron i probably paul. had a point five minutes ago but whiskey took care of that real let's, quick. let's all let's all drink to ron paul Done. cheers to ron paul may he I, live forever I, I guess the really sad thing to me like the really heartbreaking thing and and i guess like i mean some of you guys were in this because you know ron paul kind of he brought me into the liberty game in, in 2008 and that's in that campaign. I kind of got uh, very intrigued and then I just got obsessed with this stuff. But it, to me, it's like the sad. I really felt like like in 2012, I really felt like we, we had strong reason to be optimistic for the future. Like I just there was something about that. that look, say whatever you will about the alt right. They did, at least in this moment, they did come in and kind of overtake our moment. Like uh, you, you just have to admit. The internet comments, YouTube comments, used to be owned by Ron Paul people. Like, if you were in, in 2012, if you went down to scroll down to those comments, it was all just like Ron Paul 2012 yeah, and the, the Fed. Fed. Like, yeah. now it's all Pepe. It's all, you know, build that wall, helicopter They are winning stuff, the meme you know. wars. I am a fan of Pepe, they, they though. Pepe is memes. hilarious, I will say. Pepe well, drives the left crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm very torn. I, I like it, too, but I think it's almost like I think I think what the alt right represents in a lot of ways is like right wing people embracing the tactics of the left, and um, I don't know. I think it's. Well, I think it's, Pepe. I, I'll say God. Go ahead. No, well, I think I, maybe I, it's a better I, chance for victory, but it's bad. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. The alt right has definitely usurped the liberty movement, and it makes you wonder how many people were actually. Uh, won over by the concepts and ideas of libertarianism and actually looked into it. And those who were just, you know, Ron Paul was the resistance candidate or the non-traditional candidate. And so the they jumped to the alt-right at first opportunity because that was Trump and, and the resistance. But I do want to say just on the Pepe thing, I believe strongly that Pepe is simply trolls being trolls. And that's why I enjoy Should it. Should we go into the theory that uh, Pepe is um, a um, calling upon the god of chaos, Keck, and, is, yeah. and that's what influenced the election? Or is that too crazy for this show? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's too crazy for bourbon-infused liberty talk. <laughs> that's true. Well, I'll tell you, if you want to go go down the uh, conspiracy wormhole, Let's go. I, I Let's do, do think it. it's always... The other thing that really buried the Ron... I, I think there's two things that really buried the Ron Paul... Uh, uh, moment or the Ron Paul movement or the revolution, as he used to call it. That One, really the Illuminati, and two, the Rothschilds. Done. And the fucking well, news. A, well, obviously, that's who's funding all of that. But I'm saying that what manifested, it's one, it's like the alt-right, 
as, as, like what I was saying before. But the, the second part is, is really the Bernie Sanders campaign. Like Bernie Sanders was almost oh, like yeah. it's like if the CIA had sat down and gone, <laughs> OK, let's look at what Ron Paul did. Now, let's take all of that and just apply it to a left wing propagandist. They couldn't have done a better job. I mean, it, it was like, like, you, what, what are we going to talk about now? How Ron Paul used to draw lots of college kids? Yeah. No one remembers that shit anymore because Bernie Sanders just came in and he all the records that Ron Paul broke, the fundraising records, Bernie Sanders broke. All the drawing college kids records, he broke. So now it's just almost like Ron Paul was this older truth teller talking to college kids. That's That area has been taken, claimed by Bernie Sanders. Yeah. They even stole his fucking love revolution uh, sign. They had I saw yep. Bernie Sanders with Ron Paul's Revolution with the backwards love in there and made me want to stab someone in the eye. Violate the non-aggression principle. I'm it is a good theory. They were like, look at this guy who charged people up two election cycles in a row. He's old and white. Hey, who do we have who's old and white? I mean, it might have been, <laughs> might have been that simple. If they had but just gotten an the old black guy, this, he would have won. They obviously kind have the of goods like, on him, too, if he's going to be such a pussy and just back Hillary Clinton after knowing that they robbed him and cheated him and, like... There's got to be something over his head for him to Can you, be acting the way he is. Oh, well, I don't know if there has to be something over his head or it's just the fact that, look, I think people, even people like us are all easily fooled by a kind looking older guy. I mean, I think everything starts to make sense. Every Wednesday. Once you once you entertain the possibility that he's a fucking liar and a propagandist and then you go, oh, oh, it all starts to make a ton of sense. The guy's enriching himself. The guy made well over a million dollars last year. He's not like giving seventy percent of it to charity. He doesn't believe his own bullshit. That's Look, a curious thing to me. How did Bernie Sanders make a million dollars last year? By writing a book about how it's wrong to make a million dollars. Genius. That's fucking. It's brilliant, like OJ actually. Simpson making all that money on how he, how I did it, or if I yeah, was it, it's like, if I did it. Were he to do it? <laughs> well, I mean. You're going to you're going to say you're the anti Wall Street candidate and then in, endorse Hillary Clinton. I mean, it's like it's like if Ron Paul endorsed McCain in 08. It's 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 like, well, what what else could you if Ron Paul endorsed McCain? What else could you draw from that other than he doesn't really believe in what he's saying? He has made some endorsements, though, that I was kind of sketchy about. Well, well like, not, like on the not, not McCain, but I think it was also in your podcast this morning, Dave. You're talking about Chuck Schumer being Wall Street's favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think I was I was listening to it today. I was like walking my dogs. And it's just like that. You got this guy who's known for being anti Wall Street, blah, 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 bullshit. And yet what's he doing? He's putting through bills that that enable everybody to regulate competition out of the marketplace. What's and that it's guy's like, name? It's all such horseshit. Is this, what's that guy's name? Cuck Schumer. Is that what his name is? Ah, <laughs> there, there we go. There's a, there's yeah, a, there's I got to give Howie credit for that because he called Chuck Todd Cuck Todd earlier. So I, I kind of stole that. But. <laughs> I've heard, yes, I've, uh, my, my friend Mike Brancatelli used to uh, refer to Chuck Todd that also way. Also, past guests, we were saying that I guess there's, there might be some dirt coming out about Chuck Todd. So we'll Ooh. see. Do you have any of that dirt or are you just teasing us? No, I, he was threatened on Twitter. He was, did Chuck Todd somebody. touch you when you were a page? Tell me. <laughs> so you're going to say we had coming out about Mike Brancatelli. And I was going to be like, did Dave uh, come on this show to talk about this? <laughs> like, and let me tell you about him. He's a real piece of shit. No. <laughs> no, Mike's got a great show. We can Mike, even promote it now. Exclusive. Mike Adelic, yeah. check it out. Boom. Done. Absolutely. Speaking of drugs, who's on them? Just kidding. I'm not, but. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is it the halfway point? That's what I'm going to say. Seemed like in. a good transition. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and transition real quick to a word 
from today's sponsors. I firmly believe one of the most important things you can do to protect yourself and your loved ones is to own a firearm. But for a lot of people, buying a gun can be an overwhelming process. There are just so many options and not everyone feels comfortable walking into a gun store. Well, our friends at martinarmory.com are doing their part to change that. Martin Armory was founded with a simple goal to make buying a gun simple and affordable. Instead of carrying thousands of different guns, martinarmory.com only carries 25. This allows them to focus on providing the most popular guns on the market at insanely cheap prices. And now for a limited time, their prices are even more insane as martinarmory.com is offering Lions of Liberty listeners free shipping. Simply go to martinarmory.com, pick an awesome gun, and enter the promo code LIONS. Again, that's martinarmory.com. The promo code is LIONS. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty. Rock and roll. Uh, what do you guys think of, you know, I, I thought of something earlier when we were talking about the me- the meme thing, and uh, I don't know if any of you guys saw Larry Sharp's announcement for governor. I tuned into it. Uh, it was like a Facebook live stream the other night, and he actually mentioned, he actually said this phrase. He said, the meme wars are coming. He basically said, I want to recruit people. I want all you guys to gather and help me with this campaign and help you spread the ideas of liberty. But I, I thought it was interesting that he said the meme wars are coming because I think he understands the world we live in and that maybe like – Maybe I'm just making up shit right now. 20% of the population is very heavily influenced by Facebook, the younger generation. Uh, but that number is going to shift and shift and shift until it's like basically 100% is influenced by this stuff. So he's right. I mean, you're, that is, this is how, whether we like it or not, I don't think memes are the best way to communicate ideas, but it's the world we live in. And it, these are the methods we're going to need to adopt in some way, shape, or form, or at least understand if we're going to ha- be successful in our own communications. That's one of the, yeah, I think oh. the toughest things about libertarianism, though, is that it's so it's like I talk about this sometimes on on Electric Liberty Land. But, uh, you know, it's like the, the bar of entry for libertarianism, I think, is fairly high. Like you need to actually spend in it. You have to invest yourself in actually learning about the basics of economics and about law and about, you know, how government works to understand libertarianism and why it makes sense. So it's so hard to convince people like in meme format. You know, taxation is theft is not a good meme for us. It doesn't like we all know it's true, but it doesn't win anybody over at first glance. Meanwhile, I mean, granted, half the left memes are just complete lies and bullshit, but I find it hard to make libertarian memes. So when I see a good one, I'm always very impressed. You know, it does win people over, though. Podcasts. And that's money and hookers. That's what we all do. Oh, yeah, that too. But that's why I put all my money into those three things. 
podcast money. Wait, I put my money into money? What? I think this show, oh. Dave's show, you know, all the shows like Jason Stapleton, all these things are super important about getting the, the message out. That's people aren't going to sit down like, and read a book, but they will, you know, listen to a, a podcast in their car. Right. And they're all, look, anyone who's listening to your show or my show, any of the Jason Stapleton, any of these other, you know, Tom Woods, any of the great shows that are out there, like that those people, you know, like they're interested in the, in a lot of the same things we all are, like whatever that type, that personality type is. We're like, you, like the taxation is theft meme is not, it's not a great meme. It's a great logical point. We like that. Like we respond to that. And there are others like us. Like, I, you know, I was just out there and you guys were just out there and, and you were convinced and, and other people are like that who can be convinced. But if we're being honest, that's a very small percentage of the population. So while it's great that we'll keep doing this stuff and we'll keep talking to those people, look, if you're talking about what's actually going to win over the masses in an election, I just don't, you know, it's just so much easier to, uh, you know, propaganda plays on people's emotions. It's not about winning over them logically. It's, it's like what Marxism does for people is that it tells them that they're right and they're getting screwed over by all these other people and that you should have it all. Like that's what, that's what actually motivates people. It's not like, let me make a really coherent argument about how, you know, taxation would be considered theft if anyone else did it. So why is it not morally the same thing when this group of people, like that's just, that wins us over, but not most people. True. Well, you know, I think Ron Paul, part of his appeal was, it was huge was that he was a legitimate anti-war candidate. I mean, he was the only one to talk about blowback, which yep. yeah, we, we all remember the famous Giuliani moment, that lisping douche, but you know, it's like, wait, maybe that's the, really the key to libertarianism is just we need to focus on a certain key issues. Yes, we believe taxation is theft, but really libertarianism at its core is like we believe in freedom. So like anti drug laws, anti uh, and, and pro justice reform and anti war. But, you know, strong defense doesn't mean we can't have a bunch of people here with guns, have the best nukes and all the best fucking planes. That's the best, the best defense. No I can think going of. overseas, stopping this constant state of war. You know, that's something that everybody should support. And that's like people are saying a lot of Trump's backing actually came from that as well. Despite the fact that, I mean, I mean, I guess it's, it hasn't really held up. It, it's kind of held up, but eh. everyone's all he, like, we got to get guns out of the streets, out of Chicago, out of everywhere. I'm like, dude, Think about national defense. If we get invaded, you know who I want to fuck be on the front lines? Oh, moving to Chicago. The Bloods, the Crips. <laughs> like, these are the guys I want defending yeah. me. Are you kidding me? Arm them Well, all. you're actually, look, <laughs> if you look at the people, the candidates who have had a, a tremendous amount of energy uh, just in the last, you know, say since 9-11 almost even, or since maybe at least like 2004, 2005. I mean, you look at Obama's campaign in, in 2008, you look at uh, the Ron Paul campaigns, like the Bernie Sanders campaign, the Trump campaign, what all of them had in common was that they kind of owned the anti-war issue. I mean, maybe not as much as Ron Paul, but they – and look, even with Donald Trump, I, I think he's doing a terrible job on foreign policy, but I, I, I would hesitate to lump it in the same as Hillary Clinton. I mean, Hillary Clinton was, a, was a, an incredibly aggressive warmonger. Yeah. And I mean, look, like Obama was terrible, right? But I'm not going to sit back and say – Oh, Obama and John McCain, we would have had the same outcome. No, thank God John McCain did not get in charge of this oh, military. Yeah. And thank God Hillary Clinton didn't. Well, so well, I, Trump I will just had give a ceasefire in Syria. I mean, we yeah, would have already I mean, we'd have already been at war with Russia over the no fly zone in Syria if yeah, Clinton was who, on. And and who knows what would have happened if McCain had gotten in there. I mean, we would have we would have gone to war with Iran. I mean, who who knows? So it's like there there is something there. I think particularly the fact that now even those people on the right who were gung-ho about these wars have now they've they've started to feel the ramifications of them a little bit. And um, also, you know, like we still have all this, you know, we've put a bunch of these wars on the credit card. So we'll be feeling this uh, more and more over the next uh, over the next few years, especially if interest rates go up and we actually have to start paying uh, for this debt. 
But I, I do think you're right. I think there's a big anti-war opening for people to argue that. Unfortunately, now it seems like a lot of the energy on the right has gone toward blasting, um, you know, Islam as a culture, as a religion, which, again, I'm not really against, but I, I, it just doesn't leave much room for blowback, which is it's right. such a bigger, more important conversation, if you ask yeah. me. No, that's a good yeah. point. And I, I do think at times that some people have I, – I don't think it's a ridiculous point to say that, you know, if a if – a, a country with, say, semi-Western values in, like, individual rights sense. I don't want to describe Europe this way really too much. But if you suddenly import 30,000 people with, like, very different right uh, conceptions about rights and about how women should be treated, like, it's not a crazy thing to say you might have some problems from that. And that's different oh, from saying, course. yeah, and I know you're not saying that, not. but people no, act no, like they're the same no, thing. No, you're right, but I'm. It, it's look. I think there's something where the left wing has created this, like you know, the the politically correct. They go the opposite world. way. It's this weird cultural Marxist like like world that we we exist in. So people are uncomfortable to say, but like, of course, of course, the values in third world countries are not as good as the values in first world countries. Like, oh uh, no, you're not allowed speaking. to say that, Dave. You're not yeah. allowed to say. Well, that. I think thing, it, but I think it might be less about Islam than that part of the world is kind of still like oh, back yes, in time. Exactly. That's what I, I, it's I, like I a think... backwards part of the world. They've never went through the Enlightenment. They're living in the yeah. past. Yes, it's I think not, you go it's to not any the religion. Third world it's country. Just... You go to any third world country, you're going to find some views that are really goofy and out there. And yes, like you said, they did not go through the Enlightenment, which is, by the way, as a libertarian, of course, this is what's huge about it. Look, the the government is not the only thing that can violate liberty. We live in, in, in the, the, what's great about the Western, uh, Western civilization. And the reason why Western civilization has produced the highest level of freedom and wealth that any recorded human beings have ever seen is because there's a, there's a vastly larger degree of individual liberty for people in general. Forget, forget, look, all the arguments we make about like, like as ANCAPs or whatever, where you'll be like, well, what if any other group did this? What if any other group initiated force? Everyone accepts that no other group can initiate force. The reason why we fight the state is because this is the last vestige of where it's still accepted to initiate force in, in modern Western society. Now, this is devolving now with people like Antifa who think it's okay to initiate force wherever they want to. But look, if you went into some Muslim country and you were to say like, oh, well, how would you feel if the government uh, went around and threw a rock at some guy's head just because he denounced Islam? Would that be okay? They'd be like, yeah, I can do that too. <laughs> like, it's it's about individual freedom and they, if, if you say you you respect individual freedom then of course you have to prefer western civilization to any other civilization currently yeah agreed yeah and, lo and, logically and and, and, yeah. Yeah, and it but comes, logic it is a tool to... of oppression is the problem with a lot of these people that's right for all, well, for that's all exactly i bitch right. about everything that's wrong with america i still think it's the best place to live on the planet like well I'm that's what moving, i was just gonna I'm say is anywhere it, empirically it it's is easy. the best place like we are all so ugly lucky to be here and it's like all these progressives don't understand I, mean, I don't think anybody on either side understands it's like look you know, look at the overall state of things. You guys are saying things are so shitty. You're, I mean, you're marching in the streets over women's yeah. rights. The, exactly. I, what What the are you talking you're about? You're allowed to do that. Think about the yeah. fact you're allowed to do that. And so you're marching with, puss your you're marching with pussies gone. on your fucking heads, vaginas <laughs> on your heads. You're marching in the street. Okay, can I tell you, listen, I completely agree with you. And there were, I had two moments that really kind of turned me around a little bit. On this, you know what would be the greatest? Uh, sorry to break you off, Dave. I'll, I'll no, no, go okay. right back to you. I just had an idea and I, I'm afraid that I'll leave a lose it to booze if i don't say it but it wouldn't it would be a really a truly libertarian venture to organize a pussy hat march by libertarians but with all women and gay men in saudi arabia in riyadh 
Let's do it. Well, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be uh, stoned to death at all for that. And by do it, yeah. I mean yeah, tell right. other people to do it, but not actually do it because I don't want to get stoned to death. Anyway, sorry, Dave. Go on. <laughs> no, well, look, I mean that's that's a very good. You know, it's at least it would prove kind of some saying, kind of point, right? When they all die in the street. I, I remember Tom Woods said this on his show, and coming from Tom, it just really hit home with me and meant and, and, and meant a lot. But he he was like, look, I've I've spent my whole career. I, I probably won't say it exactly right. He probably said it better than I will, but. He was like, I've spent my whole career being against the state and talking about that, you know, like like tyranny from the government. And he's like, but you got to be honest, like as an academic, he was like, the state is not really a threat to my free speech, but the social justice warriors are. And as someone who's like sitting here, like kind of like always anti-state anti, you know, you're like, wow, you know, you, you have to acknowledge that's a really good point. And when the most libertarian guy in the room is saying that you kind of, and then uh, there was this other moment where I saw this video and it was like some left-wing protest thing. And they're literally screaming in these cops face about how they don't go in and arrest. I think it was Gavin McGinnis. My buddy Gavin was speaking, <laughs> and, you know, he's a Nazi to them. So they're, they're like, what is yelling at the cop for guy. not arresting Gavin for coming and giving a speech on charges uh, of a, a, a talk. <laughs> Was that the where the where the female professor was? Yes. Uh, was she like, yes. you're, you're you're proud boys, you're proud yes. boys, you're proud <laughs> like boys. Something out of fucking gangs in New York. And then you've got these college kids sitting there, and they're screaming, they're chanting in these cops' face. They're going, "This is what a police state looks like. This is what a police state looks like." And I'm sitting there, and the cops are letting them. And you're sitting there, and you're like, you know, it's really not. Yeah. It's really not what a police state, state looks, looks like. like. Where the cops beat the shit out of you when you say that shit. That's what a police. I mean, yes. Like I have a video. It's like from four years ago or something like that. That's up where it's like Dave Smith, uh, welcome to a police state, and it's talking about America and you know we lead the world from incarceration all this. Shit. And it's like uncomfortable for uncomfortable for me to be on the other side because I want to be like with you, right. like fuck the cops. They are a tyrannical group who go around harassing and and kidnapping people. Yeah, fuck them. But it's hard to listen to this fucking like. This this left wing privileged college kid screaming. This is what a police state looks like. Well, actually, uh, <laughs> this is a really bad example of that because the cops sitting there letting you scream in his face. Uh, it's just hard. It's now, hard to now, not. If, like, if you're getting your face beaten in while you're saying that, I might take you a little more seriously. Where did <laughs> all this? This is where, this is what they're getting upset about. Meanwhile, you know, when Obama's in office, this NSA spying shit came out, and you know. There was a good media coverage, but no one's, you know, he's still not denounced as, oh, my God, the president that oversaw the largest domestic spying slash liberty infringing operation ever conceived by a government. You know, that's no one's right. mentioning that's, that. That's, that's but, right. you know, but yeah. God knows we need to we need to yell about the police state and, and the fucking state in these cop spaces because a guy who doesn't agree with you is speaking somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's like a cartoon, dude. It's like we're, we're living in a cartoon. Like it's, it's Obama, not only that, the biggest spying apparatus, the largest transfer of wealth from, from people to banks, largest banker profits ever, the most sustained bombing campaigns at war every single day of his administration, uh, <laughs> and, and also the fucking deportations, the thing that they're getting mad at Trump about. I mean, I know people tell, some of them are turnaways, I know, but he still deported like a couple million people. I, I don't even get that argument insane. that they make where they're like, oh, well, a lot of those uh, Obama deportations were just turned away at the border. I'm like, so? Like, how is that better? Why? Like, you're still, it's, you're still it's, impeding well, people's no, travel. All like, even better then, if that's okay? <laughs> as long as Trump right, gets well, like, at the border, it's fine. <laughs> well, there's two different, like, like you know, like, I, I got to say, like, I don't know exactly where I stand right now on, on the immigration. It's a tough one. Uh, I think it's topic. a tough, it's the most difficult libertarian issue, maybe like semi-tied with IP, I guess. I don't know. 
Maybe yeah, it's well. So. Here's the thing. I, I think actually IP to me is easier. Like I maybe I'm just uh, I'm I'm like kind of in line with uh, Stefan Kinsella. Like he just kind of convinced me on that. So I'm like I I think that. But to me, it's like the problem is that you have to have open borders right now to have what the Democrats want is so obviously not whatever would happen under market forces and is pretty clearly an initiation of force against a lot of taxpaying citizens. And then the fact that the Democrats are shipping in these voting blocks for themselves, and then they also make it that you're Hitler if you question that, yeah. I just find it to be a very difficult situation. And again, I don't. I think we lose all of our, our credibility if we say, oh, well, we're going to support a status program to get a result we like, because our whole thing is that we don't do that. So I just, I, I really don't know where I stand on the immigration thing. Well, I mean, it is insanely difficult, because I, the way I've come down on it, and I still, like you, I'm, I'm like still figuring it out because it's such a difficult issue, but by I do figuring th- it out. Th- he means I really want immigration, but I really hate Mexicans. <laughs> hey, we live in LA, baby. That's what you, you get. You learn to love, you learn to love I hate fireworks in my neighborhood. <laughs> oh my God. Every fucking day for a month leading into 4th of July. Uh, but no, but I mean, but it is, you, you've got this massive welfare state and we are on the front lines in California here of the, of the anti or, or sorry, the immigration movement in here. I mean, it is a massive influx and you see all these programs that help them and all the taxes that we pay with these like skyrocketing taxes. And then, but you do say, okay, well, yeah, but I mean, I don't want to restrict people's movement, but at the same time, you should not be able to just come in and de facto have all of these services provided to you that we've been taxed for all these years. And it's this welfare state's in place and you can just, you know, fall back on these, these programs, whether or not you're a citizen, regardless. I mean, it's, it's, it's not fair to people who have actually spent the time which is why, like, there was one proposal, which is that I, which I think it might even been, oh my God, forgive me, Father, but I think it might have been Gary Johnson's proposal on immigration, it's one not. of his few good things, which was basically, okay, you can come here, but you're not a citizen. It's like a working permit. You don't have access to a lot of the social programs, but you're here to work. That actually sounds extremely reasonable as a as a reasonable like libertarian ish middle ground because I, I don't want to stop people's movement, but I don't feel. I don't want anybody getting stuff that I was taxed on, but you know, if we're going to, it should be the group that are taxed. You know what I mean? I hate, I hate all of this. That's kind of what I always thought. I think it should be easy to come here and to work, but we need to know who's coming. We need to be able to make sure you're not a violent criminal and you're not a terrorist. If you're not coming to work, but you're not a citizen, so you don't get free shit. I'm not even sure I need to know that, but <laughs> but maybe well, I work si- for. Si- since we've made so many enemies around the world, now I'm concerned about it. Makes sense. Well, I got to say, I think like, you know, I, I really do see, and this is, I guess, where I sharply disagree with people on the alt-right, but I really do see the the beauty in open open borders with capitalism and i do think that there's something amazing about like i i always tend to to think although obviously both forces are very important i i focus a lot more on on uh nurture than nature and i think that the average like the average kid in isis if they were grabbed when they were one day old and given to like tom wood's family they would probably grow up like a nice libertarian and like, like i just don't believe this like like I live in New York and I'm, I'm Jewish and there are like – I can walk out onto the street and put my hand out right now and some Muslim guy will pick me up and take me to work. And it's like he just kind of wants to make his money. I just want to get to work. He's like, God bless. I'm like, thank you. We leave. It all works very beautifully. You can have open immigration. However, if you're going to have this thing where you're shipping in like hundreds of thousands of people from a war-torn country or hundreds of thousands of people are coming in from a third-world country – you're going to end up changing your culture drastically. 
Like oh, for us to pretend that doesn't exist is just that that's craziness. Like it's 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 craziness to the point that no one will ever take you seriously again. Like if you if you're moving to an apartment, you ask how's the neighborhood, most people know what you're asking. Like if you were just spinning the globe right now and you're like throwing a dart at it and you're like wherever that dart lands, you have to live like the average person there for the rest of your life. What country are you praying you end up in? Like let's get real. I, I just what, what libertarians can't be the people in the room who aren't willing to say the uncomfortable truth. The whole thing that we all loved about Ron Paul, like we were saying at the beginning, is that he was the guy willing to do that. So yeah. I, I do think like you know talking about these things is is important. Ron yeah, Paul I'm like could Gary, say shit that like I agreed with that I'd be shocked by. I'm like, holy shit, you're right. Wait, did you just fucking uh, say that? Unlike Gary Johnson, he was totally unapologetic. If you need to speak the truth and be clear and not be afraid of it, even if it's something unpopular, like an unpopular part of libertarianism. Yeah, I, ha- Tom Woods to said that. God damn it, Tom Woods said it at his LP speech, and I thought he put it uh, so well. But he said basically that he goes, he was like, we convert people by standing for something, even when it takes us into unpopular areas. It's true. Like that's mm-hmm. what that's what converts people. They go, oh shit, this guy really stands for something. Gary Johnson will sit there, and they're like, uh, they're like, so you say you want to legalize drugs? Well, well, what about Well, I would. As a fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Well, I mean, I wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't legalize heroin. I mean, I don't actually believe in anything. I just, you know, I I don't believe in rights or anything at all, really. But I do need to pay some lip service to libertarians and also to everyone else. So I'm just going to stand here and waffle a bit. But Bill Weld is delivering a good message uh, right up until he uh, endorses Hillary Clinton. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, he fought, but uh, you know what is just hilarious is that he totally played his cards wrong, and he was like, "Oh, I'm going to get a favor from Hillary Clinton now," which he probably would have gotten. <laughs> he was going to be ambassador to like Bali or something, you know? Something. He's going to awesome. be the sacrifice yep. at the Grove or whatever that big uh, cabal they all get together. He's <laughs> like, "I killed that chicken, damn it! <laughs> Not me, no, Hillary." <laughs> oh, Trump's man. like, "I didn't even know about Bohemian Grove until now." Sorry, Dave, I interrupted you there. What are you saying? No, I, that was, I don't know that if you guys noticed. All uh, we do on the show is interrupt <laughs> each other, so it's not a big deal. Oh, you have to. I just won't stop talking. Yeah, exactly. so you have to at some point. Just cut me off. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I guess the other thing, just as you said, Bohemian Grove that popped into my head is that there is something pretty interesting about living now with with Trump in a time where uh, it seems, at least to some level, the deep state and the president are against each other. And I must say, I kind of enjoy that. Oh, it's amazing I, I almost hate myself for how much enjoyment i get out of it because if you're someone who gets enjoyment out of it you have to be on team trump in that situation and that makes me very uncomfortable to, to, to well, find should, myself like, on the side yeah, of this billionaire should. crony you know whatever asshole probably but when you compare it to like the 70 year 100 year old deep state and skull and bones and killing kennedy and like creating the federal reserve all these deep-seated things it's like ah, yeah. i kind of sort of root for him sometimes but then he then he has policies and talks and i, I can't actually support him so well, yeah, I, I was saying the big media story be about the deep state undermining the president i mean if obama was in office that would have been the story who's leaking who from inside is leaking these documents that are undermining the the office of the president yeah Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to look at what the actual story would be or what the story should be, I mean, really what this proves in a, in a weird way is that Trump's the first president of my lifetime to oppose the deep state. Yeah. So there's almost kind of like a story there where you go, oh, I guess everybody else was just in line. Because yeah. if they had stepped out of line, this is what would have happened to them. Yeah. Well, God like, knows the the, uh, the media don't want to uh, to piss off the deep state because that's where they get all their alleged information from. 
Well, well I think because I think a fourth of them probably are the deep state. I mean, dude, like, let's get real. Like, they, forget That's even true. like who they. I I I go into to these Fox News shows all the time, and I'm like looking around the room, like, how many of you? are actually CIA here. I mean, dude, like half of them are, are just admittedly CIA. Like there's <laughs> Mike Baker from the CIA. Like it's not really like a conspiracy. It's like, He's like oh, guys on the from payroll the right now, yeah. Yeah, like I mean, this, it's just like that's what it is. And, and the other half the, are, the are like, yeah, we probably do take some money somewhere, I guess. By the way, I'm going to I'm going to wedge in a question from our forum here. Don't do it. That's for the bonus show. No, we only don't even get there. You will not. No, we're getting there. Stay. You are not allowed to say that question. Oh, that's just for pride <laughs> members, and they will get that when they pay fine. money. See there, <laughs> sign up for the pride, guys. The other thing I love about the Trump presidency is this war on the media and finally exposing how corrupt and fake and what bullshit it all is. It's if nothing else, he can be the worst president ever. But just getting this exposed is awesome. We never would have got this with Hillary. And that oh, yeah, alone, that alone. Makes yeah. you so happy. If, if nothing day. else, we wouldn't have the combativeness. And I think that's a good thing for everyone. We well, should... there's something pretty amazing that they won't. And this uh, this is something that, that permeates like everyone. It's not just people like us who are into politics. But like th- there is something about the fact that the media didn't even have a moment when Trump won and be like, wow, this is crazy. Like, wow, this is an, this is a crazy moment in history. Like the, the fact that they are not even like looking in the mirror, like this guy just won the most an- ran the most anti-media campaign ever. And people love that. Right. With zero political experience whatsoever. How incredible. You know, it, it really is. An ama- and they don't have any of that. And that in itself is is like kind of revealing. So people are like, oh, they're not actually looking for the story. It's a story. If you just ignore his politics for a minute, it's a story that media should lap up as really, I hate to say it, one of the greatest American stories of all time. If you just look at the facts of a guy who had no political experience, only was successful in business and then decided to insert himself into politics and beat every single career politician yeah. to death, to bloody, bloody death. I mean, that's yeah, a big it's, fucking it's story, when parents, right? when parents tell their children, someday you can be president. Well, granted, Donald Trump had millions and millions yeah, I mean, of dollars. Yeah, it might not be a direct like, correlation. This is but, the example you use. Yeah, minus the million-dollar well, loan, but yeah. Minus the millions and millions of dollars. I love people that are like, he got a million-dollar loan 40 years ago. It's like, all right, I'll give you a million dollars. You let me know when you become a billionaire, you fucking idiot. Like, come on. And, it takes yeah, more no, than you're that. Right, but there's, and there's something else about Trump that's very, like, t- to me, what's very interesting is it's not, right, like, he exposes the media, but then he really also just exposes the left. Like, the left, when it was Bush, when you hated Bush, they could point to these things, like, well, I hate Bush because he got us in this war, he passed the Patriot Act, or he did these, like, horrific things. It was easy to hate him and justify it. But with Trump, like, they hate Trump more than they've hated anybody like you have he to say tells women the they're worst. attractive <laughs> and it's right it's like hate that. that it's like it's like that he says the wrong thing and so you you just have this thing so you you realize and i mean this isn't like we're living through a cartoon there are these people on the left and i'm not i'm not even slightly exaggerating when i say this they there you could not generate a fraction of the outrage if Trump bombed the shit out of a third world country tomorrow that you could if he made remarks that were insensitive towards trans. Hundred percent true because he is doing yeah. that, and that is what happened. <laughs> like, it's it's insane. It's like the most insane thing ever. You're like, oh, okay. I mean, look at that moment when Meryl Streep. I actually thought that summed up everything about ugh, modern leftist ugh. culture. But when she goes, she goes. It was the moment. When he made fun of a handicapped journalist, like like to her, this is the moment of humanity that was like, no, we've never seen evil like this from a president before. <laughs> Imagine he made fun of a guy's weird arm. 
Who was, by the I way, mean, who like, was running oh against God. Truman when he was in the wheelchair? Because I want to hear what he had to say. <laughs> uh, I wish Wait, Donald Trump, Trump was, but hey, get, get that gimme also... like motherfucker out of office. That's what <laughs> I that's what my said, whole campaign way, speech would have been. <laughs> she she goes at one point, she said in the speech that she said Donald Trump outranked this person in terms of privilege and status. And and she said so, she said he was voiceless. To respond. And and you're like, actually, he's a journalist. Actually, no, he has a voice, a voiceless. really big one. Yeah, he has a voice. He doesn't have a, a great, like, right arm, but he's yeah, got he's a, not a good picture. voice. So, like, like you're kind of making it out like he's more. And, and maybe this guy who's an adult man who's lived with his disability his whole life, maybe he's not as weak as you think. Yeah, it, like, I never thought about like, that I aspect. Get it. it is kind of degrading to the person she's, quote, defending by being like, oh, this handicapped person, they can't possibly defend themselves in any way. They're just useless. I'm sorry. Just because his arm's fucked up doesn't mean he can't defend himself. Yeah, he, he absolutely he, he got could. through middle school, right? He's yeah, like he's alive today, has a career. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean that, that's the left has built their entire platform on uh, defending people who they they should be able to just defend themselves. You know, like I remember state of comics have said this before, too. It's like, you know, don't speak for me. I can speak for myself. Let me, you know, like, you know, uh, Marcus was talking to Camille Foster. He's a libertarian. Awesome. Uh-huh. Awesome guy. But. You know, it's like let people talk for themselves. You can't take this position of, well, we're doing what it's it's like this condescending thing of we're gonna do what's right for you because you don't know enough. Like it's the most disrespectful, ignorant, racist thing you can do to be oh, like, yeah. well, well we're, gonna, we're gonna do what's best for you. Don't you worry about it. I'll tell you as a as a stand-up comic, you really like you get very in touch with that uh very, very quickly because you go you like you do shows at these different places, man. And I'll tell you, I could do a show at like the most like you could go into like some poor black, you know, like neighborhood. You can go, you can say, like, if you're funny with it, they respect that shit. And you can be offensive as shit. You can say whatever, like, you can step over any lines, cross any, you can make whatever joke you want to. Like, I, I blue collar people, working class people, poor people, you go, and then you go do some college show and do the same joke. And a whole bunch of privileged white kids get like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, they're offended on behalf of the people who thought this was fucking hilarious. It, it's, it's this, bullshit dynamic where like you want to feel better about yourself but you know what you like like you said like they don't represent all those groups they don't represent women they don't represent gay people they don't represent these groups how did all this social justice warrior shit start was it from their lefty professors it would was it them that did it or is this some come from coming from somewhere else I think it's I think like it's anything, that. man. It starts from yeah. people notice what the gets them likes what gets them uh, attention and it's like anything else. People feel good. Like I, I was telling them, I, I do PR. I work with a lot of nonprofit clients. I was telling them, like, look, you need to have ways people can interact with your nonprofit that they can share on social media. Because while they feel good about it, like there's all this research done, especially millennials, they feel good about volunteering. But now that's great. They say they feel good just for the act of it. But really, you feel good because you're telling other people about it. You're telling, right. you're sharing your virtue signaling. You're like, Look I did this I did. to help. I'm doing that. Not, they're not giving money, mind you, because the state's doing that. The state, they want people to take me tax, but they're volunteering their time. And that's what this all, the, all this stems from that shit is that you can say, I did this. I believe in that. I'm so much better than you are. And it's just a pure egotistical thing. It has nothing to do with actually yep. giving a flying so, fuck about so what, Brian, what the end result is. So Brian, we've had like lefty professors for 50 years, but it wasn't like this when we were at Penn State. So you think it's more like the social media? I had some lefty ass professors there. Rico, I was just talking to Rico about his social uh, Yeah, but but the college college community wasn't like it is now. No, it's so much worse now. So much worse. That that part's gotten bonkers. I bet it does have more to do with social uh, virtue signaling on social media than what these professors have been talking about. Look at the march I attended. Look at the sign I held. Absolutely. 
Well, look at yeah. Look there's a lot of that. College. There's no logic involved. It's just they get everybody gets riled up on social media because they feel like they they're right about this cause and somebody did something empirically wrong and now they're evil. And that's the other thing. Demonizing people. They're now evil. They now don't matter. Their point. Their point of view doesn't matter. Which is just the most fucked up thing in the world. So it's just yeah. This demonizing. I'm the best. Look at what I'm doing on social media. I'm going to post a video of it, and that's all. That's all the culture is about now. It's a weird, it really certainly did explode though over the last 10 years. Like, I mean, I know you can find like, you know, this stuff was laying dormant for decades, like going back to the sixties and there's all like, but there, there, it really did explode in the Obama era, not like blaming Obama himself for this, but it, it just during those years. And I, I don't know, it's, um, it's like, it, it's just hard for me to not acknowledge that basically since I've become a libertarian, right? So from like basically the last 10 years from 2007 to, to, to now. The left has gotten so much worse and the right has gotten so much better. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard to not acknowledge that. Like the left when I started was like like protesting things like war and the Patriot Act and, and you know, mass incarceration and things like this. And they've completely slid off the, the deep end. And now it's all about like white privilege and transgender rights and just this, this insane uh, like hatred for tradition and capitalism and Western values. And then the right wing has almost – look, I'm not saying they're perfect. They're far from it. But they've gotten better on be – they're like, okay, we've rethought the war thing. We're actually leaning in the anti-war direction now. Uh, they're, they're pretty much moving away from like being like adamantly pro-life. It's more like let's just not have taxpayer dollars fund this. Like let me just not make a cake for you, but you can get gay married. I don't like, really good care. Point. Gorsuch like, is it, Gorsuch is in the Supreme Court now, and everybody was like, oh, it means abortion is going to be illegal. And no, Nobody's calling for that. <laughs> nope. Nope. No, that's all. right. That's why I was so pissed off the other day, not to bring it up again, but Alicia Dern uh, tweeted something like libertarianism isn't isn't right wing and not. And, and it's not. Uh, but I don't know. It just aggravated me because the left is so awful nowadays. And it's like, why are you attacking right wing people that might be attracted to our cause? So I just had to reply something. I was like, well, neither's Bill Weld. But Jesus. Yeah, really. I also do think that the problem, like, like I think the left is go gone completely, like off the, uh, you know, off the hinges or whatever. But it's, it's, you know, the the thing that I think is a problem is that as I do see this all around me, right? There's a lot of people who are just kind of like, you know, they're not like really that politically minded, but they're kind of, you know, consider themselves left of center, and they're like, holy shit, this social justice warrior thing is crazy. Like that's really crazy, and they almost maybe would be open to coming over to another side if it maybe looked like a reasonable side. But then they see Pepe and throw him out of helicopters and fuck, you know, like, like, and they're like, oh, okay, so this is actually everything the left told me about the right. Like, uh, that's what I'm saying, bigots. man. That's, that's like getting back to my point about maybe we need to pivot away. We've, we got the power between all of our podcasts. We got Tom Woods on the board. Power. What are you going to start being like, we're not Libertarian Podcast anymore. We're now Freedomtarian Podcast. And you will all now use that name <laughs> because hey, we don't like the other name. Make the case for it. I think people will understand the case and they'll be on board. I'm that's telling why, you. Well, the, you know, that's why from the beginning we've been lions of liberty. Because liberty is like a general word. It's not associated with like a party. It has liberal in it. I think that's like a yeah. good way to go. Liberty. There you go. It's all good. All encompassing. Yeah, well, it's a, they always take our words because they're really great words, you know? I mean, it, it's the like best the words. reason. Well, like, we got the best words here. <laughs> like it, but it's true. I mean, if we're we so wrong about true. everything, right? If libertarians are so, whatever they call us, like if we're so. Why don't we have the worst or, words then? <laughs> well, why do we, why do you have to fucking drape everything you do in our language? 
Why do you yeah. have to call income taxes voluntary compliance? <laughs> Why do you have to call the, the new Patriot Act is called the USA oh, Freedom Act? Right, I mean, yeah. it's like, what? why do you have to use our words all the time if we're so wrong? Very they use points. libertarianish stuff when they're running, but then when they get in office, they do the exact opposite. This is a very yep, good it's... transition because, Dave, uh, I told you not to let me forget, but I almost did. You have a, a stand-up special coming up. Very soon, it's already happened, you already did it, but it's going to be released very soon, and the title of that is using the basis of, of all the words you've been talking about here, the title is Libertas, so why don't you uh, go right. ahead and promote your, your stand-up special, because I'm already feeling well, guilty over forgetting till now. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's my, uh, my first one, my debut uh, stand-up comedy special, and I, I've been doing stand-up for about 11 years now, and I'm very excited for this. So yeah, we, we filmed it a, a couple months ago here in New York City. It'll be available uh, in, in August, mid-August. I don't have a, a date quite yet because we're shopping it around a little, but uh, it'll be available on, on everything. On and Google, people can pre-order iTunes, it now, though. Is that, is that right? Yes, soon? yeah, Dave Smith, DaveSmithLibertas.com. Yeah, not to make, not not to do all the work for you, but. <laughs> no, well, I appreciate it. DaveSmithLibertas.com, be sure to check that out. Uh, I may, if you guys are luckily tossed to a clip of that at the end of the show. Um, in the meantime, though, well, not in the meantime, we're done. We, we, had, a, we had a good slog, <laughs> but there is a meantime, because as Brian sort of uh, slyly referenced, or not so slyly, we are going to keep this going after the show. But it's going to be exclusively for Lions Pride members, our paid group. You guys are the ones who fund us, the ones who keep us going. So you get to uh, get some bonus questions answered by Dave, by Dave Smith in just a minute. But, uh, folks, do you guys have any final words before I, I officially sign us off here? We've talked about a lot of things. Uh, I'll just go around the block real quick. Brian, any, any last words here? No, I wanted to talk about Nothing. the whole t- transgender issue of, uh, of psychologists and psychiatrists. Segment. You can tease Getting it. into making, you know, basically the affirmation of anybody that thinks they're transgender in the wrong body and how I think that's uh, incorrect. All but right. uh, Put that not enough in, time. Maybe, not maybe we'll it. talk about it in a minute. We'll see. Uh, Howie, final thoughts, final words, any uh, Dennis Hastert molestation <laughs> recollections yeah. that have cropped up in the last hour? Or <laughs> How many fingers, Howie? I don't mean we, to analyze you psych- psychologically, but. We didn't get into it, but net neutrality is bad. <laughs> That's fair. Dave, uh, any final words besides encouraging everyone strongly to go check out Libertas and pre-order that shit? Because uh, you posted a few clips and there's some funny stuff out there. I was actually I was dying at your uh, your bit about the, uh, <laughs> the the sign language translator from. from oh, that, yeah. that, that was that was good stuff. Yeah, please go. Uh, please go check out those clips. Uh, they, yeah, they just put out uh, a couple of them, and um, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with how the whole special came out. So please go check that out, DaveSmithLibertas.com. And uh, yeah, it's good good to be here with you guys. I, I admire all you guys. I love what you do. It has been an absolute blast, Dave. It's been so fun having you here. Be sure to check out DaveSmithLibertas.com. Be sure to pre-order that stand-up special. It's gonna be awesome. Till next time, folks. Don't forget to live long. I love it. Like you, I love talking about Trump. Like you guys are my fucking people, so I can talk to you. But it's a you should see. Like I, I try to talk about him at clubs, and man, people hate Trump. Like the left wing people who hate Trump, I think hate him more than I've ever seen any human beings hate anyone. Like it's insane. Like, you get on stage, you just mention Trump. Like I was watching the news the other day, and Trump's on, and they're already like, what? what? 
Do you hate him? You better say you hate him soon. Are you, are you on my team? If you're not on my team, I want you out of here. Like, what are you? And you're like, Jesus, calm down. Like, take a breath. That's my advice to all you people who hate Trump. Just take a fucking breath. You're blowing it. You're all overplaying your hand. You're making them look better. I, I hope they get that. Right away, it was like, Trump's Hitler. The, the second he came out, Trump is Hitler. I've heard that so many times now, that Trump is Hitler. I swear, if he's anything short of Hitler, I'm going to be like, he did a pretty good job. You know? that's, that's, that's what you guys have done. Congratulations. I'm going to be like, yeah, Trump was pretty good. And you'll be like, pretty good? He gassed 20,000 people. I'll be like, only 20,000. You guys were making it out like it was going to be a whole thing. And then... Hitler, you were an alarmist, really, at the end of the day.